I'm excited to get into our message today. We are in part two of a four-part series called Team Spirit. Now, I appreciate Pastor Aaron Grijalva being here last week to kick this off and give us an introduction and just help us understand the person of the Holy Spirit. Did you guys enjoy that last week? It's good to, good to have him. Well, what we're doing in this series is we're looking to understand, know, and study the person and power of the Holy Spirit. And chances are pretty good just by the fact you're here today or if you're joining us online, just the fact you're listening to this message, chances are pretty good you're a little bit familiar with the Holy Spirit. Like you've at least heard of him before. But I'd also wager that maybe there's a little bit of mystery around who he is and what he does. Like for me, I grew up in church. I didn't grow up in a church like this. I grew up in a Methodist church and the Methodist church, we had wooden pews. We had stained glass on the windows. We sang hymns out of hymnal books to an organ in the Methodist church. We didn't have the Holy Spirit, or I shouldn't say maybe they didn't have the Holy Spirit. We didn't call him the Holy Spirit. We called him the Holy Ghost. Anybody familiar, ever, ever hear that term, the Holy Ghost? In fact, every week at the Methodist church, we sang something called the doxology. Has anybody ever heard of the doxology before? I'll tell you what, the nine o'clock, they were all up about this. Nine o'clock. They, they, they know their doxology. Anybody, would you be able to sing it if we, some of you are nodding your head? The rest of you are just going to have to be along for the ride. Okay, here's, if you grew up in the Methodist church or maybe a denominational church, you might have heard this, doxology. It's a praise song to God. It teaches some theology. This is how it goes, right? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And if you really know, there's a... Oh, yeah, there's... Man, this is so good. <laughs> Give it up for that, that section. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I just got to tell you, the 9 o'clock was way more into it. The rest of you are like, what kind of church is this? Well, that's the kind of church I grew up in. We, we sang the doxology and we, we talked, we, we didn't talk about the Holy Ghost, but when we did talk about him, he wasn't the Holy Spirit, he was the Holy Ghost. And honestly, that kind of weirded me out. I was a kid and growing up, it's like I could relate to God the Father because I have a father. That makes sense. I could connect with Jesus because we read about Jesus as a person and, you know, I've seen him. I know what he looks like. So that makes sense. But the Holy Ghost, this is what I thought of when I thought of the Holy Ghost. He's weird, strange. He's thought of a ghost. And this is the official emoji of the Holy Spirit, by the way. You know, because he's praying in tongues already, you can see. But, um... If you ever need prayer, you pray. If I send you back a Holy Spirit emoji. You know I'm really praying. But the, the Holy Ghost, my, my sense is maybe like me, maybe you've had a little experience where you're, 
You're familiar with him, but there's a little bit of mystery. It seems a little strange. You, you don't understand the term. You don't understand him. Uh, maybe you've had some similar experiences where you're unsure of who the Holy Spirit is or his role in your life. Or, or maybe it's just your experience with the Holy Spirit up to this point has left you with more questions than answers. That's why we're doing this series. Because I want you to know the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know him personally. In fact, that's why we called this series Team Spirit. Team Spirit. We're, we're Team Spirit at this church. Not Team Edward, not Team Jacob. Throwback to 2008. The most divisive issue in our nation at that time. You thought the nation was divided. You didn't live through Team Edward and Team Jacob. Twilight fans. But... <laughs> Team spirit. In fact, that's really what I'm asking. It's just that you would be team spirit in this series. That you would say, Holy Spirit, I, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I, I want your guidance in my voice, in my life. I want your voice in my life. Holy Spirit, I, I need your power. Holy Spirit, whatever you have for me, I want it. I, I need your, your help. Just don't be closed off to the gifts of the spirit the gifts that he has for you, be team spirit. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, this church becomes nothing more than just a social club, just becomes a religious institution. It doesn't do anybody any good. It becomes irrelevant right away. And I don't want to lead a church like that. And honestly, I, I couldn't lead this church without the help of the Holy Spirit in my life. So where we're going to begin today is in John chapter 14. We're looking to God's word. John chapter 14, uh, it records some of Jesus' last moments with his disciples. You might be familiar with it. This is where in John chapter 13, he's just observed the Passover with them. He's actually uh, washed their feet. That's where that happens. And now they've shared a meal together. And Jesus knows that his time on earth is coming to a close. He knows that the cross is in front of him. He knows that this is coming up very quickly. And so he's taking these final moments to encourage them, to instruct them, to prepare them for what's going to happen next. So it's in the context of this conversation that we read John chapter 14, starting in verse 16. He says, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. He is the spirit who reveals the truth about God. I need to stop there just a moment. He says, I will ask the Father, I'll give you another helper who will stay with you forever. Say forever. 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 Like the, I just watched The Sandlot with my kids the other day. For, I've gotten going back to all the old references today. Whew. Forever. Yeah. Forever. That's how it, forever. It's, see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, he would come on people and then we'd leave. He would come and he would go. But Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father, I'm praying for you, and he's going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's not just going to come on you for a moment. He's not just going to empower you in certain circumstances. He's going to be with you forever. He's the Spirit of truth who reveals the truth about God. The world cannot receive him because it cannot see him or know him. But you know him. Because he remains with you and is in you. I like this verse 18. When I go, you will not be left alone. 
I love this language that Jesus uses here when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He calls him our helper. Now, the Greek word, we learned this last week, the Greek word is paraclete. You get so smart when you come to church here. Paraclete. It's actually two Greek words, para and kletos. Paraclete. Now, para makes sense. You've probably heard of that before. Parallel, right? Two lines that are right next to each other. Para just means to come alongside. Kletos comes from kaleo. That means called. So when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit here, he's saying, I'm going to pray that the Father will send you a helper, someone who is called to come alongside you. Isn't that awesome that you have somebody who is called to come alongside you? That's the whole, that, that's why this is team spirit, because the Holy Spirit is a team spirit. You're not doing this alone. You don't have to do it in your own strength, your own power, your own ability, your own wisdom. You have a helper, the Holy Spirit, who is called to come alongside you. Now, what's fascinating is this word, paraclete, John is the only gospel writer who uses it. It appears times in the Gospel of John, one other time in one of his letters, five times in the New Testament. It's kind of a unique word. John's the only author who uses it, but it's not an uncommon word in the Greek. It's a very common word. And really the, the word that it would be most similar to is teammate. You've got a teammate, somebody to help you, somebody who's called alongside to be with you. And really in the Greek, it would have been more like a legal team. That's why sometimes you hear it translated counselor or advocate or intercessor, somebody who's speaking on your behalf, somebody who's telling you what to speak, somebody who's guiding you, directing you, instructing you, all the things that Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to do in our life. In fact, I need to back up just a second because in this text, you already see the team spirit at work. I don't know if you noticed this, but Jesus said, I We'll pray to the Father, and he'll send a helper. That's the Trinity. The, the Trinity is a word used to describe the nature of God. And I'm just trying to set this up to bring everybody on the same page, because I know we have a lot of people here that maybe you've got no church background, which is awesome. You're my favorite people. You didn't grow up in church. Velocity is your first church experience, and, and you've heard some of these terms. I want us all to move together. So it can be kind of confusing. So this is how I would explain it. And I, I'm not trying to reduce the Godhead to these terms, but I just want to give some language so we can all understand together because it's easy to come in. If, if, if you didn't grow up in church, you didn't go around this stuff, you come in and it's easy to get confused right away. So the Trinity is God three in one. And when we talk about Jesus, when we say Jesus, here's what we mean. We're referring to God in the flesh. When we say Father, we're referring to the creative father-like nature of God. And when we say Holy Spirit, we're referring to the invisible presence of God that surrounds us, is with us, and wants to live in us. I want to say that one more time so everybody can grab it. When we say Holy Spirit, we're referring to the invisible presence of God that surrounds us, is with us, and wants to live in us. So when we say things like God is here, what we mean is the Holy Spirit's here. His presence is here. When we say receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we mean believe in what he did for you and receive his Holy Spirit who 
comes and lives in you. Now, the great thing about being alive today is that we can, we, we have an advantage of understanding invisible things, non-physical things. Like even as I'm speaking right now, I want to speak to our people watching online. Those of you who are watching this, you're live streaming this message right now, Facebook, or church online platform, YouTube, wherever you're watching, or, or maybe this is on demand. I, I would wager you're, you're watching this on your computer or on your phone. And as you're watching this, there's a good chance that your device you're watching on is not plugged into anything. And even if it's plugged in, it's just for power. And as you're watching this, this, this message is being broadcast through the air invisibly and you're getting this picture on your screen. You're hearing this audio come through the speakers. That's what's happening right now. Some, something that's very real, but it's invisible. In this room right now, there's all sorts of things that are moving across the, the radio waves and airwaves that information, real things that are being transmitted that you cannot see. Why is this important? Because when we say that the Holy Spirit is alive and at work in the world, that's what we mean. He is working even though you can't see him working. There are things that he is changing and, and things that, that he is influencing and, and areas where he is going to work that are very real that you simply cannot see with your eyes. Now, you, you cannot sense. Now, I'm thankful that there are those times when we can sense the presence of God. There are times where we can experience the presence of God, where we can feel joy and we can feel peace and we can experience comfort. I'm thankful for that. That's the Holy Spirit. But I've noticed a lot of people miss the work of the Holy Spirit because they're chasing an experience of the Holy Spirit. And what I would suggest to you is that rather than try and seek an experience, that we would seek a relationship because the Holy Spirit's a person. Let me just say that again so everybody can, can get it. I think many times we miss the work of the Holy Spirit because we're looking for an experience of the Holy Spirit. And we think, man, if I didn't feel anything, I didn't get any goosebumps, I, I, I didn't all of a sudden feel it in my soul or something start to tingle. No, that's great if you feel that. Or great if you don't. It doesn't have to be the Holy Spirit just because you feel it. We miss the work of the Holy Spirit because we're looking for an experience. What we need to seek is a relationship. He's a person. He's a person. In fact, I don't know if you've ever thought like this. Like I said, I grew up in church and church kid. My dad was a pastor. So this was kind of a common thought for me. But have you ever thought about like what it would be like if Jesus was right next to you? I, I would imagine that as a kid, like that would be so awesome if you just had Jesus right next to you, just like, you know, your homie, your homeboy, your whatever, you're, you got Jesus with you. And as a kid, you know, you get a cold, you're like, Jesus, I have a cold. It's like, don't worry about it. Be healed. Cold's gone. Like that would be, that's how I imagined it, you know? Or you, you have a, a dog and your dog gets hit by a car. You're like, Jesus, my dog Barkley got hit by a car. Can you do something? And she's like, don't worry about it. Barkley live. And like Barkley gets up and he barks a little bit and runs off. Be amazing. You know, or you got a cat, your cat eat some food and get sick and then your cat dies. You're like, Jesus, my, my cat died. He's like, I can do the funeral for you. 
right here. It would be so amazing. Just the benefit to have Jesus with you all the time. But what blows my mind is that Jesus says you can have something better. You can have something better than just me with you. And today, living in 2022 as Christians, we have something better than what the disciples had. Let me read it to you. Jesus said this, John 16, 7. Let me assure you, it's better for you that I go away. I say this because when I go away, I'll send the helper to you. But if I did not go, the helper would not come. So think about this. Like, it's better that we have the Holy Spirit today because Jesus, if he was here on earth, he couldn't be with you 24-7. Be honest, he probably wouldn't want to be with you 24-7. But the Holy Spirit, he's with you forever, 24-7, right when you need him, whenever you need him. If Jesus was here on earth today, he might be able to be with you, but then he couldn't be with me. And he can only be with, you know, so many people at a time. There's a lot of people in the world. But with the Holy Spirit, he can be with everybody all the time forever. We've got something better. We have the Holy Spirit who's not just with us, he says, is in us. The helper, the paraclete, the one who's called alongside to empower you, strengthen you, so that you don't have to do what you want to do, what God's called you to do by yourself in your own strength and your own ability. Yet, if I'm honest with you, when I look at a lot of Christians, it seems to me like I see a lot of people that are not tapping into the help that's available to them. I see a lot of Christians trying to do the Christian life in their own power, in their own strength, in their own ability. And I don't know if this is the reason, but I have noticed that we live in this culture that promotes self-help and self-care and self-introspection and self-healing. I'm not trying to suggest to you that all that stuff is bad, but I just wonder if we're going to recognize that a lot of the self-help, self-care, self-introspection, self-healing is producing many people that have a high sense of self-awareness but low resilience. Let me say it this way. If all of the focus on self isn't making you stronger, but it's making you weaker, maybe what you need isn't more of self. Maybe what you need is more of someone else. Maybe what you need is a helper, a teammate, team spirit, the Holy Spirit who can help you. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of the help the Holy Spirit offers. So what is the help the Holy Spirit offers? Well, here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit wants to work with you. He wants to work with you. The paraclete, your helper, the one who's called alongside to lead you, guide you, instruct you, remind you of truth. He wants to work with you. Now, I would say there's two primary reasons why we don't receive help from the Holy Spirit, the help where he wants to work with us. And maybe the first reason is we're unaware. That's what we're trying to solve with this series, that you would know the person of the Holy Spirit, know he wants to help you and be available to, to tap into that. But maybe you would say, okay, I, I get the Holy Spirit wants to help me, but how do I know if it's the Holy Spirit, not just me? 
Like, like how do I know that the Holy Spirit's leading me? Because Jesus says that's one of the things the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to lead you into truth. And how do I know that it's him leading me and not just me leading me? I think that's a valid question. Here's the first thing I would tell you. The Holy Spirit is always going to lead you in line with God's word, meaning he's not going to contradict the word of God. So if, if you have this prompting, this sense of something that violates the clear truth of God's word, like, man, I feel like I want to cheat on my spouse. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. He's not going to lead you in a way that's contrary with his word. I'm going to steal from my employer. That's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. He's not going to lead you to do something that violates his word. I'm going to lie on, I think I need to lie on this form so I can get in, so I can take advantage of this thing. That's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. He's not going to lead you in a way that's contrary to his word. But I would acknowledge that there's some things that the Bible's clear on. There's lots of things that the Bible's not clear on. The Bible doesn't tell you what college to go to. The Bible doesn't tell you what job to take. The Bible doesn't tell you a lot of different stuff. So here's a thought that I have, and this is just in a general sense, but generally because I know I'm a selfish person, selfish by nature, that if I'm thinking of something that is solely benefiting me, that's probably just me. If I'm thinking of something that would benefit others, that would be a blessing to them, that would glorify God, I'm going to assume it's going to be the Holy Spirit. Now, so we can be unaware sometimes, but we can also resist. Here's what I mean when we resist. The Holy Spirit leads us in things, but what happens is he, he tells us to do something and, and we don't do it. So it could be maybe you're doing something that you know is wrong, and as you're doing it, you feel like you need to stop doing it because you know it's wrong, but you say, ah, I don't want to stop doing it. I'm going to keep doing it anyway. That's resisting the Holy Spirit. Or to the contrary, the other side of that would be maybe you feel this prompting to do something good, to bless someone, to give something, to serve someone. And you feel that and you say, ah, I don't want to do that. That's resisting the Holy Spirit. And the problem is scripture says that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit and our hearts can become hard because we resist him. Like, the Holy Spirit reminds me a lot. Like, my wife reminds me a lot about the Holy Spirit in different ways. One of the ways is because my wife always wants to make out with me. And it's too much sometimes. Like, she's just always wanting to make out with me. And I try to resist her for a while, but eventually she just wears me down. And I give in. Because I'm a good husband. But you think about it. Like, if she was always trying to make out with me and I'm always resisting her, then you know I'm joking about that, right? Okay. Eventually, she's not even going to approach me anymore, right? Well, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. If we keep resisting his promptings, if we, we keep pushing him away, the Holy Spirit is not going to push himself on you. He wants to work with you, but he's not going to push his way into your life. And that's the other thing that I want you to know. The Holy Spirit wants to work with us, but he also wants to work in us. The way he works in us is different than how he works with us. When he works with us, he's leading us, guiding us, instructing us, helping us, 
coaching us, reminding us of truth, what God has said. That's how he works with. He helps us with the things that we have to do. When he works in us, it's a different work. He wants to purify us. He, he wants to purify our hearts. It reminds me of when Marissa and I were first married. We, we, I remember we moved into our first apartment together, brand new apartment, and this apartment had a dishwasher in it. And I didn't grow up having a dishwasher in our house. To me, that might seem foreign to you. One day, my parents heard from the Holy Spirit that got a dishwasher. That was good. But up until that point, I didn't grow up with a dishwasher. So when we, when we moved into this apartment, like I just always washed dishes by hand. And even if you've grown up with a dishwasher, I've learned that the dishwasher can be the source of a lot of arguments in marriage. Because, I mean, first of all, it's like, do you scrub it first or not scrub it first? Like how much, what's the level of scrub here? And you know, like, is this safe to go in the dishwasher or is it not safe to go in the dishwasher? And how do you load it correctly? And do the bowls go on top? Do they go on the bottom? Silverware go upright? Or like, I don't, there's so many different ways to do it. So I'm just like, I won't even mess with that. I'll just wash the dishes by hand. And so you're thinking, oh, I know where you're going, pastor. Like you're washing dishes by hand when there's a dishwasher available. Yes, that's true. But really where, where I'm going is even to this day, I notice I still wash dishes by hand often. And it's not because I don't know the way my wife likes to do it. I've noticed it's because when I wash the dishes, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. It's because often I don't want to unload what's already in there. And I wonder if we don't let the Holy Spirit do his purifying work in us because we don't want to do the work of unloading the stuff that, is all, that we've already put in there. God, I got some stuff I, I need you to purify for me. It'd be a lot easier if you did this. You could do a lot better, but I've crammed so much crap in my heart, I don't even want to mess with it. And I've just noticed that many times the, the, the challenge is I think I'm seeking the Holy Spirit when really what I'm asking God for is comfort instead of seeking the comforter. I'm asking God for a right decision. God, what's the right decision? God wants me to say, do I have the right desire? Do you make the right decision and have the wrong desire? And it's not a good decision. We're saying, Holy Spirit, work in me. We're saying, purify my heart. Help me. I want to have the right desires. I don't want to. I don't want to do this in my own way. In fact, that might be the best way all of us could engage with the Holy Spirit today. Just say, God, give me your heart. I want your heart in this situation. I'm not focused on the the decision. I, I want the right desires. Purify my desires, God. If we'll partner with the Holy Spirit to work on what's inside, we don't have to worry about I'll put it this way. Being led by the Holy Spirit isn't as much about knowing where you're going as much as it is about knowing who you're following. I want you to know the person. I want you to know him. I want you to have a relationship with him. If you have a relationship with him, then even those areas that are unclear, even those things that seem like obstacles, you'll recognize there's not as much obstacles as there are opportunities to know God better, to know his voice, to know the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit wants to work with you. He wants to help you. He wants to work in you. 
wants to, to purify your desires. But he, he also, I, I want you to experience that the Holy Spirit wants to work through you. He wants to work through you. And honestly, this is what I rely on every single week when I get up here. Whenever I speak, I'm not trying to do it in my own strength. I don't want to do it in my own ability. Nobody needs Justin's opinion. Nobody needs my ideas. Nobody needs my philosophies. What we need, we need to hear from God. And I believe with all my heart, when I get up here, that God can take my words, whatever I've prepared, whatever I'd studied, and he can take them and he can personalize them and individualize them for what you need. That's God working through you. That's the Holy Spirit working through you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to do the same thing through you. Now, your thing might not be speaking with a microphone in your hand, but God wants, the Holy Spirit wants to work through you to draw others to Christ. This is called a spiritual gift. Spiritual gift. When I said be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is what I'm saying. It's a spiritual gift. I don't know what it would be for you, but I'll tell you this. A spiritual gift is, it's not your natural talent. It's not a skill that you've developed. It's, it's not something that's just for the spiritual elite or the super Christians. Spiritual gifts are not the mark of maturity. Spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Spiritual gifts are not something that you have to be afraid of. God wants to give you a spiritual gift. He wants, he wants you to use a spiritual gift to draw others to him. And I don't know what that would be for you, but, but maybe the, the, the gift he wants to give you is the way you serve. Maybe it's your generosity. Maybe it's the way you care for people. Maybe it's the way you listen. Maybe it's your hospitality. Maybe it's your leadership. Maybe it's your weakness. Maybe it's your witness. Maybe it's the circumstance that you're going through. Maybe it's your prayer. What I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit doesn't just work with you. He doesn't just work in you. He wants to work through you. And whether this is your first time here, or you've been coming for a long time, the Holy Spirit's for you. We're not just for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for you. He, he, he's for you. Even if you're here and you consider yourself far from God, you're far from God and you know it, the Holy Spirit's for you. In fact, there's this interesting verse in Acts where Peter's given a sermon. It's really kind of the, the first sermon because he gives a sermon and it's where people first place their faith in Christ. Jesus has risen from the dead. It's the day of Pentecost, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. This series will conclude on Pentecost Sunday. But Peter says this in Acts 2, verse 38. He says, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So he's saying, place your faith in Jesus. Be baptized, go into the water, come out for the forgiveness of your sins. And when you do that, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. 
mission of our church is to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. And even if you would consider yourself far off from God, far off from his best, far off from what he wants for you, far off from God's standard, can I tell you the Holy Spirit's for you? He wants to help you. He wants to work with you, wants to work in you, and wants to work.